Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. You are more than welcome to call in. Those of you in the Southeast United States, where I know I've got a lot of, a lot of listeners in the Southeast, you got really bad storms coming your way when your cable goes out tonight and your internet goes out. Make sure you've got a radio because you can get it over the air and you're going to need to be updated that lots of tornadoes expected to blow through the southeast. My kid's school has canceled all afternoon programs and school up the street from them has gone on and closed up shop for the day and sending all the kids home now because they don't have buses and uh, some of the parents live a good distance and they want to get the kids out before the storms come. So um, just watch out out there. Stick with your local radio station wherever you are. That goes for all of you, wherever you may be. Springfield, Illinois, I'm talking to you. Your local radio station gives you good info. Now, I, I got to talk about something, but at first, I got to say, <laughs> this this is actually related to what I'm going to talk about in, in a small way. Um, all radio show hosts are somewhat paranoid. We all are. I leave for vacation. And you people won't leave me alone. I come back from vacation like we get no phone calls. I'm like, my gosh, is anybody listening anymore? I mean, nobody calls anymore. I can see when the phones ring. And, and they, listen, this is not your incentive to, to call. Just listen to what I'm saying here. Is, and then I started thinking about it. One of the things that I was talking about before I went on Christmas vacation that incited people was electric vehicles. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk about that today. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but not yet. There's a related story, though. Um, This is actually down in Georgia. No, this isn't my Georgia bias being in Georgia talking about this. This is actually national news story today in the Politico. A solar manufacturing complex is being built near Cartersville, Georgia, as a test case to whether or not the Democrats' climate law, remember their Inflation Reduction Act, it's actually the climate bill. People just stopped pretending now that the election's over. I don't know that they even pretended before the election was over. The question is whether or not uh, red states, Republican states, might buy into this. So uh, Hanwha Q Cells, it's a South Korean company. They're investing $2.5 billion with a B to build a solar power manufacturing, solar panel manufacturing facility near Cartersville, Georgia. It's already got a plant in Dalton, Georgia, and it's going to expand that plant. This means I'm never going to be able to get a reservation at Barnsley Gardens now. If it all pans out, the facility will supply 30% of the solar panels of the United States. If it pans out, if it works, it would be a game changer against China because the Chinese are the preeminent players. And the thing that China has that no one else has is China has been using its money to go around the world and buy up all of the rare earth mineral mines. In South America, almost every major mine for lithium and other precious metals is owned by a Chinese company. They now control the the entrance and exit to the Panama Canal. In Africa, they're doing the same thing. Joe Biden has touted this plant in Georgia as a direct result of the law that was passed that is the Inflation Reduction Act, but everybody knew was a Green New Deal law. 
a major global business chose America as the place to invest and to help build our clean energy future and create thousands of good-paying middle-class jobs in the process, says John Podesta, the White House advisor in the Big Lib. Hanwha Q-Cells expects to create 2,500 jobs and produce enough solar panels to support 8.4 gigawatts of power by 2024. Okay, now the question is, um, does this matter? Will Republicans continue to support? I got a couple of problems here. First of all, I'm not opposed to solar power. I do think the subsidy that that solar power sometimes gets is absurd, and I really do think it's a very bad thing that when people put solar panels on their roofs and the excess gets to go to the power grid, you have to make those people pay a fee to do that because otherwise what's happening is you're disconnecting people from the power grid who still benefit from the power grid and the line maintenance costs for the power grid go to everyone else. Let, let me back up and make this make this point again in a way you understand. This is a problem that California has had. It's a problem European countries have had. So the way these deals get structured typically, you get free solar panels for your roof. What actually is happening is you put solar panels on your roof and you pay for the solar panels. But then the excess power under the laws negotiated in the various states, the excess power, because you don't use all the power the solar panels generate on a really sunny day. You don't need it. So the company that has the solar power sends it out to the power grid. And then the solar panel company forces the local power company to pay them back. For the power they're putting out, there's a guaranteed rate, there's a price, it's set, it's agreed to contractually with public service commissions and the like. And so in my case, I use Georgia Power. Georgia Power has to pay the solar panel company a certain rate for the power that that solar company is generating off your roof. And so then they essentially pay you back so you don't actually wind up having to pay for the solar panel. The problem with this is that the solar panels are on your roof and they're going to the power grid from your house. If you are not paying to maintain those power lines that you are benefiting from in your solar power lease, everybody else's costs go up because part of your power bill is not just them sending you power. It's also maintenance on the lines. You got to keep the power grid going. You got to keep the lines. When, when a storm comes through and blows the, blows the phone poles over, the power lines go down. You got to cover that cost as part of your, your bill. You may not like it, but that's the way it's structured. The other problem I've got with the solar power issue here is like, for example, down where I live, there is the, the largest solar power farm in the southeast is being built. It is a massive, massive solar power farm. It is hundreds, if not thousands of acres. They've got one very near the airport uh, by me. It's a, it's a smaller, it's still big, but a small uh, compared to this one. You, you drive down I-16 from Macon to Savannah. There's a little back road you can get off of called the Golden Isles Parkway, and you drive past the thing, and it is hundreds if not thousands of acres of solar panels. Do you know what was there before the solar panels were there? Crops. And cattle. So we have reduced 
available farmland to put solar panels on. Now, where I live, Georgia Power's got the only active nuclear power project in the United States going. And that active nuclear power plant will produce a ton of power for the next 100 years, more than the solar power will do. The solar power, however, has taken over an abundant crop production and cattle ranch facility where they were producing beef and milk and corn and other crops. So we've gained a little bit of power and lost a lot of food in the process. Now spread that across the country. And I'm not saying that the Southeast is a bad place to put solar power and panels. I mean, that if you can spread them all over, fine. But we've incentivized this green energy production in the Southeast when it's better in the Southwest, which is a desert where it doesn't rain. I've been telling you guys all day since I started this program about the massive storms that are coming through. Guess what? It's cloudy today. It's going to get cold tomorrow. And also, we're at that part of the year where the sun uh, doesn't shine as often as it's dark anyway. So those solar power panels aren't producing as much power as they can in the summer. But in the south, in the summer, you have this thing called a gully washer. These giant storms come up in the afternoon heat, and they shut out all the sun again, and the, the outside lights come on like it's nighttime, and those solar panels don't do jack. I'm not opposed I just think we're, we're not thinking this through wisely in how we're doing it, which gets me to the cars. We're putting all this renewable energy into the power grid that relies on sunshine and wind. And there was this article I saw in the New York Times where, where oh, my gosh, electric vehicles have exploded in popularity. Four out of every five new vehicles in Finland is an electric vehicle. China last year sold more electric vehicles than the entire rest of the world combined. And the author of the newspaper article laments that the United States is still slower to adopt than everyone else. What the article does not say is that these other countries are giving people no choice. They're forcing people into electric cars. Now, again, I have a friend of mine. He's actually the CFO of my company. Yes, I now have a CFO for my my little company. And he bought a Tesla. He bought the Tesla SUV. And he likes it a lot. His kids love that when he puts it in park and goes into the grocery store, they can stay in the car and watch Netflix on it. He likes it. And it sounds like a little spaceship. As it takes off, it doesn't go rum rum. It goes. They, they, it's like they, they've got this manufactured sound to make it sound like Star Trek or something. But he said he did not realize that when he's on the interstate and he decides to pass a slowpoke and he accelerates, it accelerates and it accelerates great. But the projected battery life and the distance he can drive plummets by 10%. Says you, they don't tell you that before you buy the car. Every time you slam on the on the accelerator to accelerate, you're not slamming on the gas, you're slamming on the accelerator, the battery distance you can drive goes down. Says it's very notable that the, the metrics for how far your car can go very much depends on you putting it in cruise control and never getting out from behind the semi uh, on the interstate. 
still likes his car. And again, I'm not opposed. I If somebody wants to give me their Tesla for me to drive back and forth to Atlanta all the time and save on gas, I'm happy to take it off your hands. But I like my big SUV. When I step on the gas, it roars and it goes. And when I have to go fill up, it takes me, I don't know, it took me five minutes today. Uh, didn't take me long. I, I, I was just topping off on my way to Atlanta. Really didn't take long. I was shocked how quick it was. But all these hagiographic, worshipful stories of the news about how other countries are rapidly adopting electric vehicles kind of misses the point that they have to do it because governments are giving the people no choice. And these reporters who lament how authoritarian the right is, how authoritarian Donald Trump is, they're really upset that the American government is not authoritarian enough when it comes to you deciding what you want to do with your life. And we see some of the ramifications of this in the authoritarian nature of the American government and state governments like California when they're forcing power companies to adopt renewable energy that doesn't work as well as natural gas and coal and nuclear power, such that in California they're telling people in the battery cars they've encouraged them to get that you can't charge them at certain times of day and night because of the strain on the power grid. The left... Has it thought? Well, actually, I do think they've thought it through. They just don't care. They're perfectly fine for you to live a third world existence because it helps with diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you own a small to medium sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The employee retention credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at refundspro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. Refundspro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free five-minute questionnaire at refunds with an S, refundspro.com. That's refunds with an S, pro. Breaking news happening right now. The Attorney General of the United States has announced he will be uh, creating a special counsel position to investigate the classified documents that Joe Biden had in his Corvette in his garage. Uh, The Attorney General has named Robert Herr as the special counsel. Robert Herr was Donald Trump's United States Attorney for Maryland. Confirmed on a voice vote. Uh, He clerked for William Rehnquist at the Supreme Court and Alex Kaczynski for the uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. He served as a special assistant and counsel to Christopher Wray. Then at the time, the assistant attorney general in charge of of the criminal division. He's prosecuted gang violence, drug trafficking, uh, white-collar crimes. He used to be a partner with King and Spaulding. Uh, he was involved uh, as a uh, government investigations, complex litigation specialist, uh, and he will be the guy. So Republican-leaning, Trump's appointee, he will be the guy investigating Joe Biden. Uh, that's breaking news happening right now. Attorney General Merrick Garland announcing Robert Herr as the special counsel. I have been asked, by the way, 
to slow down my speaking because one of my stations is running me sped up slightly so they can deal with the weather situation. (laughs) I know I am sometimes prone to talk fast. I know. My mother-in-law, when I first started in radio, would text me because she would listen and she would say, slow down. Now I just kind of talk. Occasionally I have a listener who sends me angry emails that I'm talking too fast. And my response is always, you couldn't handle Ben Shapiro. (laughs) That dude, he talks fast. I mean, when I fill in for Ben Shapiro on occasion, I get emails from his audience and occasional program directors and stations saying, oh my gosh, you talk like a normal person. (laughs) Ben knows it. I know it. When I get worked up, I oftentimes talk even faster, but that's okay. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? Uh, While we're dealing with, and I didn't intend, I didn't plan on starting the show with all the DEI or DIE stuff, um, but this really is absurd, and we might as well spend a little more time on it. The leadership of the University of Southern California has decided to remove the term field from curriculum, and they're going to replace it with practicum. This change supports anti-racist social work practice by replacing language that would be considered anti-black or anti-immigrant in favor of inclusive language. Um, I guess the football players will be playing on the practicum now. This, this is, okay, people have lost their minds on this. This really is becoming religious. Like uh, the the my my Jewish friends who are very careful about how they use the word God and how they write it, usually with a, a hyphen instead of the word O, so they're not spelling it out. Uh, it, it's religious. Or uh, my my Christian friends who are very careful in their use of God's name and Jesus's name and language as more pagan people are fairly easily drop it in casual conversation, uh, what Christians may consider expletives. The The dancing around this stuff is, is getting a little bit out of hand. They won't use field. Field is not a racially charged word. It is a very old word. It is a very, very longstanding word that describes areas of practice or areas of growing crops, it's not racist to use it. And here's the the, the racism here is the paternalistic white people who think using that word is triggering for black and Hispanic people. If you think you're going to offend a black or Hispanic person because you use the word field, you are the racist. It's like using the phrase master bedroom. The Realtors Association, which has been captured by the Wokes. You know, the, the Realtors up in Montana, they're, uh, they went after one pastor because the, the pastor was a Realtor. 
and his church decided not to support an event to feed the homeless that the church had long supported because the event got captured by the Wokes and they decided to turn it into a gay pride event to focus on the gay homeless as opposed to the homeless generally, and the church said they weren't comfortable doing it. And so there's a guy who's a pastor of the church, and the Realtors Association in Montana went after him. Because you're you're not you got to be inclusive. You got to be committed to DEI in all aspects of your life, according to the realtors. They could deny him access to the MLS service, which would be detrimental to his career as a realtor. And they've pushed the idea that you can no longer have a master bedroom. You can no longer have a master bedroom because it, it, it has racist connotations. It does no such thing. And this is the this is the thing that, that really gets me here is the willingness to find ways that people might be offended because you yourself are too ignorant to know history. Did you know, and I honest to goodness, I have to confess, I knew it was a word that went back to Latin. But master is one of the original words. Yeah. What do I mean by one of the original words? Have you ever heard of the Proto-Indo-European language? Now, we won't get into Tower of Babel stuff, but I, I would say it's just a, another fuel to the fire there. Most academics believe society, humanity, really was formed in a cradle of civilization and split off over time with mass migration. And then at one time, there was a shared language. And when you go to the Indian subcontinent, to Southeast Asia, to African countries, to uh, South American uh, Aztec language tribes, you start to find words that have certain sounds that seem to be very common. And over time, uh, it became this idea of the the Proto-Indo-European language that essentially there was a first language and it was the common tongue for everyone everywhere. And if you go to China, if you go to India, if you go to Taiwan, if you go to Australia, to Aboriginal lands, if you go to Africa, if you go to uh, study the Aztecs and the Mayans, there are words globally that seem to have some sort of common origin. One of those original ones, and again, I had no idea, is master. And master is a word that we can trace back to 4,500 B.C. when the original writings and languages of the Proto-Indo-European language were breaking up and spreading around the world. Virtually every single tribe and tongue on planet Earth, wherever they are, uses the word master. As best we can tell, in 4,500 B.C., it was pronounced Megur, it became major or majesty or magistrate. The, the Romans had magistrate. It became the, the, the ruler, the head, the head of household. Well before chattel slavery was a thing, the word master existed. The first common occurrence of the word master bedroom was in 1910. Some people, by the way, attribute it to the Sears and Roebuck catalog in the 1950s. Uh, that's not really true. It goes back to 1910, well after the Civil War was won. 
master bedroom became the terminology to designate the uh, bedroom of the head of the house because the head of the house, going back to Roman times, was the master. To say that master bedroom has master-slave connotations is simply to distort the history of the word, the root of the word, the logic of the word, the why, the reason the word was used, and is to suggest that black people are too dumb to know. If you are so sensitive to the idea of master bedroom and think it's a racist connotation, you are the racist because it has nothing to do with it. And yet the entirety of the real estate community is rushing to drop the phrase master bedroom in favor of primary bedroom. Because they're afraid people will be offended. Because they're afraid it may hurt your soul to know that the master bedroom is where the master of the house stays. And years ago, slaves called their their owners masters, and those masters were mean. And it's all tied together. And don't you, because it feels like it's tied together. I don't care what you think, you racist bigot. It feels like it's tied together because it feels like it's tied. We have to stop it because some non-white person may be too stupid to believe it instead of learning their history. We have to stop it because we have to protect those stupid people. I mean, that's essentially you're saying that these people are too stupid to know history. If you've got to get rid of the word field and the word master, which have no relation at all to anything, they, certain connotations to slavery and migrant work, but aren't actually directly related to you're worried about people's feelings instead of their thoughts and you're encouraging them not to think and to figure it out, but to perpetuate. I mean, my goodness gracious, I, I well... There, there's that other word that begins with master. I, I won't bait you into figuring it out what it is, but I mean, what do you do with that too? I, I, I don't know. We got all sorts of other words where, where the root is master, and and what are we going to do with those words? You'll have to figure that out on your own. Just don't go blind doing it. I, I, I don't know what we do with these things. Unbelievable. This is where we are as a society. We're worried about people's feelings devoid of con- devoid of context. Academics in particular, the academics of America are the ones doing this. The academics of America want to get rid of the word field and use practicum. This is nuts. I, I, I hope you're – listen, there's nothing wrong with the word practicum, and there's really nothing wrong with the phrase primary bedroom. But why must we devolve all of English language for the feelings of people who don't know better? It's like the use of pronouns. We, we must pollute and degrade and upend all of the English language because some people feel different than other people and we're worried about their feelings. Is it any wonder there's this entire strain of people on the right now who embrace the phrase F your feelings and you know what the F stands for? I mean, those people are also sensitive souls and usually snowflakes on their own issues, the people who embrace this. But at the same time, this rearranging of society and upending the rules of grammar so that a single person can be a they so that we don't hurt their feelings is a little bit absurd. But it's where the left has gone. 
and it's going to be more and more pervasive. And by the way, there is study after study after study that's shown very much like uh, Hispanic people do not use the word Latinx. The only people who use Latinx are uh, white progressive elites. The only people who care about the word Latinx. I actually saw uh, in my office a, a diversity poster that used the word Latinx. And I saw that poster and I thought, up. Some white person in HR came up with that because literally no one in the Latino community uses the word Latinx. And it's true. There's also been a very recent survey of, of black Americans. Not a single one of them cared about the phrase master bedroom, and none of them thought it was related to slavery. And yet uh, the the white elite are really concerned about offending people. And really, do you know what it is? What it actually is, they don't really care about offending. They don't really care. It's making them feel virtuous to themselves. It's about their feelings. It's about them feeling like they've done something. And what do they do? They're changing the words you and I use. Not the words they use. They probably still use the phrase master bedroom. But it's the rest of us. It's the rest of us who are forced to change so that they feel good about themselves. That's the reality. It's virtue signaling by rich white people. And the virtue signal is to other rich white people, not to you and me. And the rest of us must disrupt the rules of the English language for these rich white people so they sleep well at night in their 500 thread count cotton sheets. Well, the rest of us buy our sheets at Target. Well, not me. I'm not one of you poors, but the rest of you, you know what I mean. <laughs> I tease. I tease. I actually bought my Eden Pure Thunderstorm, and you should buy a couple of them too. You can get three of them for less than $300 at EdenPureDeals.com. It's actually worth it. Uh, eliminate odors. I've got one. I'm staying in a hotel tonight after the, the governor's gala, and the weather's going to be terrible. I'm not going to be able to drive home anyway. And, of course, I'm staying at a nice hotel, so it's not going to stink. But if it did, well, I don't know. Kanye's crew stayed there one time. They had to redo the whole hotel because it all smelled like weed. But nonetheless, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm gets rid of terrible odors. Smoke odors, litter box odors, pet odors, cooking odors. EdenPureDeals.com. If you use the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3, you can wipe out those odors. That's why I travel with mine. If I stay in a hotel room that stinks, a rental car where someone smoked in it, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm works great. You can plug it up with the USB cord or you can plug it directly into a wall. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200 and you get free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they can help your business grow and become a big business. Reach out to them, FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you, you a good fit for them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Businesses only. Now, I want to go to Audrey here. Welcome to the program, Audrey. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing, Eric? I'm good. What's going on? I was just saying, my daughter is going to UGA. She's 22. She's getting a bachelor's degree, and then she's going to get a master's degree if she doesn't get into medical school. I didn't but know like, that UGA gave you know, degrees in racism. There you go. You know? <laughs> I mean, a I master's mean, degree. A, now, what will the field a, of study for the master's degree be? <laughs> 
do you see what I'm saying? It's just, it's sort of a, I mean, and also I look in it as terms of business mm-hmm. regardless because it means pay grades. It means whatever it means. It means like field engineers, as far as I'm a recruiter, I own a recruiting firm, field engineers are the people that go out and they, they work in the field. They're not in the office. They, they, you know, do things out there, like meaning that they install cable lines and they connect everybody together and they they're a elite class of people that work all together you know but they get paid i look at it as it's not about the word as about what it means to as far as what you actually do and and and, and be able yeah, to earn in business and keep going you know it's just there's this entire it's it's a perverse incentive to focus on the things that don't matter instead of focusing on the stuff that does well it's confusing yeah oh oh, it is and the ground shifts all the time too but if you're getting a master's degree you might be you know rethink that if you're going to say that somebody's saying master bedroom is Mm -hmm. you know yeah, and, and you know the the problem. And listen, I, I appreciate the phone call a ton. Thank you. The, the 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 people who are most likely to say that the word is racist are overwhelmingly white people, uh, liberal white people. It, it just I I don't I don't understand this strain of of liberal guilt trip and whiteness. Where they've decided. I, I saw some video on Instagram the other day. It was a, it wasn't a parody. It was actually a real video someone had pulled from some documentary where some guy was really upset about his whiteness. How have people come to loathe themselves so much because they have imbued with all this stuff? And, you know, the crazy thing here is we can talk about the people who stormed the Capitol because they really thought they were going to save the country from Congress doing something uh, that Congress shouldn't do and, and the, the the craziness of people on the right and some of the things they do. This stuff doesn't get covered because so many of the elite who control the major media cultural outlets believe it. And it's insane to everyone else as well, but they 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 are enveloped in it themselves. And so it doesn't get covered because they believe it to be so. So much of the crazy stuff we hear in the media that the media chooses to cover is stuff the media itself believes that nobody else does. But because the media believes it, they expect the rest of us to care. You will be made to care, someone once said. Some wise, wise, wise person once said, you will be made to care and maybe wrote a book on it too. <clears throat> Nonetheless, I want to move on to something directly related to what Audrey and I were just talking about, the credentialism of the left. They're all fine with their master's degrees and their PhDs. And we should talk about that. They're they're using it as a shield on Pete Buttigieg. So Buttigieg, since he's been Secretary of Transportation, we've had the port crisis, the shipping crisis. We've had the near railroad strike. We've had the the NOTEM system crash. We've had multiple other transportation-related crises and disasters. He's been nowhere to be found. No one seemed to care. And the left's response is, he may be the smartest person and most educated person to ever be the Secretary of Transportation. Credentials should not be a shield for getting bad results. Credentialism should not be able to hide you or shield you from the criticism of others. And yet that's the way the left is using credentials these days. 
and I want to spend a little bit of time on this. Also, you should know that Hank Johnson, the genius congressman from Georgia who believes that Guam was going to tip over, now is suggesting there's a conspiracy theory that someone somehow planted those classified documents on Joe Biden uh, and that maybe we should be skeptical of where those classified documents came from because surely Grandpa Dementia wouldn't do that sort of stuff.